This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, and of course, that means it is DCA Wednesday. Are you ready to get that stack on? Uh, and actually, we're doing it on time this week. Sorry about getting that episode out to you one day late last week. Uh, things happen, right? There is a lot to talk about, and most notably is the price. Of course, just a few minutes ago, the the news would have been that the price was ripping. Until just a few minutes ago, the news would have been that the price is ripping. The news currently, however, is that the price is uh, appearing to be going down a little bit. We'll get into that in just a minute. Real quick, let's take a look at those vital statistics. At the time of this recording, we are sitting at a block height of 772550 and that Bitcoin US dollar price is $20,920 or 4781 sats per dollar. And that is, uh, well, that is down if you've been following the, the intraday price, if you've been staring at those charts all day long for the last couple of days. But if the last time you looked at the price charts was last Wednesday or Thursday, sorry, when we did our DCA Wednesday stack, um, well, the price back then, just way back when, a long, long time ago, back in the, the, the far off yesteryears of last Wednesday, the price of Bitcoin was $18,202. And that was about $1,000, almost $2,000 higher than the week before. So uh, $18,000 was, uh, was a big deal just a week ago. And now $20,900 seems low, right? So uh, that shows how fast Bitcoin changes your time frame and your perspective. Obviously, they say you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. One of the things I found that it definitely changes is, uh, is your perspective on, on price, because like I just said, just a, just, uh, just a few minutes ago, um, 22,000, we, we were almost 22,000, 21,000, 22,000 price range. Uh, and that, it's amazing how fast you got used to that, right? Because uh, we're down to $20,920, and it seems like the price has crashed, but it's still... Uh, more than $2,000 higher than last Wednesday and way higher than it's been since basically last June, right? Uh, let's see, going through our notes. We haven't seen uh, Bitcoin in the 20000 Well, it was $20,000. It was $20,165 uh, back on November. Uh, but uh, the 20800 in October and then back down to nineteen. So this is the highest we've seen it since like June, uh, for the most part anyway. So um, anyway, I got sidetracked. Uh, that means that Bitcoin's market cap is also way up from last week, uh, although it is down from you know earlier this morning, but Bitcoin's market capitalization is currently ringing in at 403 billion US dollars. That is 52.4 billion more than last Wednesday, uh, but almost 10 billion lower than, uh, than earlier today. So uh, of course, you know, none of that really is going to matter in, in just one more halving cycle, hopefully, because, uh, you know, we were over a million, over, sorry, over a trillion dollar market capitalization at the all-time high. I think it was anything over 50 
it was more like 55,000. But when we were in the 50,000 and above range, Bitcoin had a market cap of over a trillion. Uh, and even that'll seem small one day. And the reason why is because we're screaming along towards that next halving. Uh, as you know, the the difficulty, uh, not the difficulty, the um, the amount of Bitcoin that a miner receives as their reward for mining a new block uh, gets cut in half every approximately every four years. And the next halving is going to take place at block 840,000. Uh, that is, depending on how fast blocks come in, and that's that difficulty adjustment that I Freudian slipped on a minute ago. Uh, depending on how fast blocks come in, that could be anywhere between uh, March and June of 2024. So just about a year from now. But one thing that is certain is that it will be exactly 67,450 blocks from now. And, you know, regardless of what the macroeconomic picture looks like, regardless of what, um, regardless of what, uh, what you might think, uh, when, when that supply shock hits of the amount of new Bitcoin being dumped on the market, the amount of new Bitcoin available to be dumped on the market by miners, et cetera, is cut in half. Uh, that's uh, my firm belief. That's what causes the four-year cycle. Obviously, if it doesn't, it's one heck of a coincidence. Uh, and again, we're just about a year away from that. And if you remember the crypto winner, the last crypto winner, the 2018-2019 the crypto winner, uh, Bitcoin went sideways uh, for like about a year. And then uh, it, it gradually started climbing back up towards its all-time high around the halving. And it, it didn't surpass its previous all-time high until like December of 2020. The halving was uh, in the spring of 2020, but um, you know, about six months after the halving, it, it eclipsed its previous all-time high. I remember it was kind of neat because the numbers came in coincidentally uh, on December 20th, Bitcoin hit 20. Uh, 20,000 US dollars. And on December 21st, it hit 21,000. And December 22nd, it hit 22,000. So that was kind of funny. Uh, but the point being, for the entire life history of Bitcoin, about six months to a year after Bitcoin, uh, after the Bitcoin having Bitcoin eclipses its previous all-time high and sets a new all-time high. Uh, the last all-time high was about three and a half times higher than the previous all-time high, somewhere under 20,000 to just about 70,000. Uh, there's um, a lot of debate over the theory of diminishing returns, meaning that uh, as the halving becomes less significant because the difference between 24 and 12 is more than the difference between 12 and six. So as that halving starts to, starts to have a, a smaller effect as far as the terms of numbers of Bitcoin. Now keep in mind that the, the effect is absolutely half of the Bitcoin available for miners to sell. So whether that's half of one or half of 20, it's still half. But as the number of Bitcoin is uh, uh, rewarded gets cut in half, the theory being that the, uh, the all-time highs are going to get smaller and smaller. Uh, that is hotly contested because uh, remember, that as the price goes up, even though you might only get six Bitcoin instead of 12 Bitcoin, those six Bitcoin are worth a lot more. So the dollar value remains the same. And and there's those that are calling for the super cycle where we eventually reach basically hyper-Bitcoinization. Bitcoin breaks out of the four-year halving cycle. Um, and nobody will know where the truth lies until, uh, until it happens or doesn't happen, right? All right, where was I? We just went over the Bitcoin market capitalization. Ah, yes. Uh, for those of you who are like Peter Schiff out there, and uh, to get sidetracked again, we definitely got a bottom signal from Peter Schiff because he was out there gloating about the price of Bitcoin was on its way down and it was going to zero and now is your time to sell your last chance kind of thing. Since Peter Schiff opened his pie hole and made that uh, made that prediction, the 
cost of gold has plummeted in Bitcoin terms. Now, gold has been on a tear. It's getting pretty close to its all-time high as well. But if you want to trade that gold for Bitcoin, it's going to cost you 11.1 ounces of gold for just one Bitcoin. That is more than 11 one-ounce gold coins per Bitcoin. Last week, that was just 9.7 ounces of gold. Just, right? 9.7 ounces of gold. Imagine. Uh, but that's 1.4 ounces more this week than just last Wednesday. And that's even with Bitcoin going down this morning. So uh, that's a whole coin. That's a whole, you know, double eagle or, or Canadian maple leaf one ounce coin, uh, whatever your gold of choice, one ounce gold bar, whatever you choose to stack if you're a gold bug is. Uh, of course, um, as Bitcoin uh, goes on these having cycle tears, uh, the price of gold you know, even though the price of gold is near an all-time high, uh, and even though it was as low as, what, $300 an ounce, uh, maybe 10 years ago or so, uh, the difference between $300 and $1,200 is, or $300 is nowhere near the difference between $20,000 and $70,000. So um, you can see how Bitcoin is going to eclipse gold uh, when we go into that next all-time high, regardless of how well the gold does. Even if gold doubles in price, which, you know, the gold bugs say, gold could double in price. It could be as high as $4,000 an ounce. We've gold doubled in price. And Bitcoin 5Xs, uh, gold was the bad bet, right? All right. Uh, price of oil is up in U.S. dollar terms, but down in Bitcoin terms as well. I'm going to get into oil because this is not a financial show. This is a Bitcoin show. Last statistic I do want to get into, though, is the Papa John's Pizza Index. We are well over 1,000 Papa John's Pizzas again. For three episodes, it dipped below 1,000. Last episode, one Bitcoin would buy you 996 Papa John's Pizzas. The psychology being under a thousand, at least to me, was a little depressing. Uh, but we're back over a thousand, and currently one Bitcoin will score you one thousand two hundred and thirty-nine Papa John's pizzas. Uh, that is a heck of a lot of pizza for just one Bitcoin. Certainly a lot more pizza than Laszlo got on the very first Bitcoin Pizza Day, where he traded ten thousand Bitcoin uh, for a one Papa John's pizza. And uh, as far as the Bitcoin mempool goes, it's looking reasonably clear. There's about two transactions worth of uh, two, about two blocks worth of transactions pending in the mempool. You know, I'm kind of tired and it's funny because I'm getting this podcast out of the way a little earlier than I normally get it out of the way. Uh, but there's just been a lot going on. And uh, so I seem to be stag- stumbling, staggering, stuggering, stumbling, stumbling over staggering, staggering over stumbling over my words. Uh, nonetheless, there are just about two blocks where the transaction's pending in the mempool. That is way fewer than the 14 blocks that were pending last Wednesday, but about in line with where we've been for the, the Wednesdays leading up to last week was a little odd. We'd been three to four transactions uh, pending in the mempool for months. Uh, but then last Wednesday, right before I did the show, uh, there were 32 transactions pending in the mempool. And by the time I got around to reporting the show is down to 14 blocks. And of course, it cleared out the following weekend, like it tends to do nights and weekends. There seems to be less less activity on chain. Uh, and again, that's only on chain activity. There's a heck of a lot of activity on the Lightning Network. And of course, the only time Lightning Network uh, transactions affect the Bitcoin blockchain is when you're opening or closing a channel. And you can open a channel and keep it open forever, in theory without ever closing it and just trade back and forth on the Lightning Network. And I think that's how we're going to see, unless something else comes up, you know, a new innovation that we can't foresee. You know, the last having cycle, Lightning was almost a pipe dream, right? It was just kind of beta four years ago. So just an idea that everybody was waiting at the old soon TM uh, meme, people waiting for uh, Lightning to launch. And now Lightning's a thing and it's uh, and it's getting more and more popular. 
of course, Lightning Network's what drives Bitcoin Beach down in El Salvador, Bitcoin Lake, other places like that. Uh, so, um, and of course, Lightning has many, many benefits besides just not clogging up the chain. But I firmly believe in the future, only really big, really important transactions are going to be made on chain. Of course, opening and closing Lightning channels. But we're talking about banks and countries moving billions or trillions of dollars around. Pretty much we always see on chain. And you and I will be using the Lightning Network. Right now, you want to use Lightning Network if you're buying that latte or, or beer or something. But one day, you'll be buying a house and you'll even be using the Lightning Network. Along those lines, to get that on-chain transaction included in the next block, the fee estimate is estimating that it will cost you a fee of eight Satoshis per byte. And that's about half of what it was last week. So even though the mempool is uh, it's still got two blocks of transactions clogging it up, uh, it's still relatively cheap to guarantee your transaction will be in the next block. Of course, one SAP provide transactions will still clear, especially as it gets later in the day, because the mempool seems to open up every night, uh, U.S. and Europe time. When, when the United States and Europe goes to sleep, that mempool tends to clear right on out. Uh, usually around 4 or 5 in the morning, East Coast time, I see it spike, and that's probably because exchanges are moving their stuff around, moving, moving Bitcoin in and out of cold storage, et cetera. Who knows? Somebody's out there doing huge transactions weekdays at like 5 in the morning, but uh, and speaking of on-chain, that metric that you know I like to follow, Bitcoin's 24-hour transaction volume, its 24-hour average transaction rate on-chain, is it's screaming at 3.63 transactions per second. And that is way higher than the 3.45 transactions per second last Wednesday, and significantly above that three transactions per second that I like to see indicating a healthy amount of on-chain activity. Uh, so that is good. And speaking of the Bitcoin uh, blockchain and mining, since we spoke last, Bitcoin mining got just a little uh, less, little, sorry, a lot more difficult. There was a difficulty adjustment. It was a big one. It got 10.3% more difficult to, uh, to mine a block of Bitcoin. Clearly, a lot of miners have been turned on recently because the hash rate has gone, well, it's gotten increased by about 10.3%. Uh, however, that being said, it uh, looks like, well, it looks like we're still going to see another difficulty increase. We're about 10 days away from the next difficulty increase. Looks like it's going to be... Uh, on January 28th, we're 1,594 blocks away from that difficulty adjustment. So we're still a ways out. Anything could happen between now and then. Uh, and that difficulty adjustment is based on the average time it takes for blocks to be mined uh, during that 2016 block epic. Uh, so we've got 1,594 of the 2016 blocks to go. But at this point in time, blocks have been averaging 9 minutes and 29 seconds. And that is faster than 10 minutes. Um, Per block, so that is why uh, the Bitcoin protocol will increase the difficulty to make it harder to find a block and to slow those blocks down for that 10-minute average. All right, real quick, thank you to those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 up, such as the Fountain app. Uh, if you don't use Fountain, they are not a sponsor of the show, but the show is available on Fountain. One of the neat things about Fountain is you can actually earn Satoshis just by listening to your favorite podcast. It seems like they've gotten a little more stingy about that. I, I listen to podcasts on Fountain and that seems like I get about 60 to 120 sats a day is where the cap is, where I've gotten thousands, two or 3,000 sats per day before their last update. So I don't know what's going on with that. But nonetheless, you know, 120 Satoshis for listening to your favorite podcast is better than no Satoshis for listening to your favorite podcast. But perhaps more importantly, you can use the Podcasting 2.0 app to support your favorite podcast. And you can do so by sending a Boostagram. And a Boost is a lightning transaction. It's a lightning message. So it's a message where you can give a shout out to your favorite podcast, but it also comes in the form of a tip. I think the minimum is 500 sats, uh, which is 
pennies, right? But uh, you can tip your favorite podcast, help support them, and give them a shout out. If you send us a boostergram and it's not a shill or anything that's going to get me banned, anything obscene, uh, I will read it on the next episode, the following episode of the Bitcoin Bullet Podcast. Uh, so uh, thank you for those of you who are listening on Podcasting 2.0. All right. And speaking of those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, another podcast statistic out there or where the listeners are. And as usual, about 50% of you, about half of you are listening in the United States. Argentina remains number two with 15% of you. That's actually down from last week when 16% of listeners were listening in Argentina. Nonetheless, hola, everybody in Argentina. And number three is Germany, with 6% of you are listening in Germany, in Germany, so it is afternoon, so guten Tag in Germany, although uh, depending on when you listen to this, it might be more like guten Abend over there in Germany, since it is rapidly uh, approaching nighttime uh, across the pond, so to speak. And in fourth place now is Canada. Canada has moved up a few spots. 3% of you are listening in, in Canada, <laughs> in Canada. So hello to our friends on the, uh, what we like to call the Northern 51st State. So uh, how, uh, I, I'm trying to do my best Canadian accent, and, I, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I've amused myself so much that I can't pull it off. But nonetheless, hello, hello to everybody up in Canada. And rounding out the top five is Luxembourg. 2% of you are listening from Luxembourg. So that's really cool. It's neat to see where everybody is listening from. Um, before we get into the news, let's go ahead and do our stack. And uh, to do our DCA stack, we use the Cash App. Uh, Cash App, again, is not a sponsor of the show, but the reason I use Cash App is twofold. It's super easy. Uh, I don't keep any money in my Cash App, but I can transfer money to my Cash App immediately, and they make it available for me to, to uh, spend on Bitcoin immediately, and they make it available to withdraw to my hardware wallet immediately. We recommend you don't keep any Bitcoin on exchanges. That's a big no-no, right? Not your keys, not your coins. But that being said, if we're only stacking 20 bucks, I'm probably not going to withdraw it to my hardware wallet until it's uh, a couple of a couple of stacks, or maybe if I buy a dip in between our DCA Wednesday episodes. But when I do transfer it, they're going to let me transfer it for free. And they have a priority trans uh, transfer where they will charge you since Satoshi's to guarantee you're like you know in the next block or, or fairly soon. But if you're willing to wait a while, they'll let you transfer for free. And that more than makes up for the fact that they're a little bit more expensive than other exchanges. They charge about two and a quarter percent to purchase Bitcoin, which is a lot more than some than some exchanges. But then those exchanges will charge you a mining fee and it might cost you five bucks just to move that uh, Bitcoin to your, uh, your cold storage. Since we're going to be able to move it for free, that, that pretty much uh, makes it break even. But you do you. Do your own research. Pick an app that you are comfortable with. Uh, and Cash App might not even be available where you're at. So. Uh, grab the app that you're going to grab, and open it up, and let's get stacking. So I'm opening up Cash App, adding $20. And then I'm going to click on Buy Bitcoin. Enter $20. Hit Confirm. All right, normally I say boom, just like that. We added blah, 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 right? And this is kind of depressing. This is the first time that we've stacked under 100,000 sats in as long as I can remember. Of course, at the height of, uh, of, the, of the bull market, I think we were stacking like 30,000 sats, right? I think 32,000 sats, 30,000 sats is what we got um, in uh, November of 2021. But we've been scoring uh, 118,000 sats. 100, well, last time we only got 107,000 sats, but still over 100,000 sats. This time, our 20 bucks only purchased 94,795 sats because we purchased 
at a price of $20,612.82. That's down a couple hundred dollars when we started talking. So I'm glad I made this uh, made this purchase because um, who knows where the price is going to go. But I firmly believe this is a dip. And uh, who knows, maybe it'll go back down. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm glad we got in at $20,612 because last night when I was looking at the price and it was $22,000, I was even less enthusiastic with the number of Satoshis that we're going to get. Again, 94,000 Satoshis, you know, one day people say we might we might achieve dollar sat parity. I mean, that's $100 million of Bitcoin. And whether that's possible or not, who knows? But just for fun, imagine that we do achieve dollar sat parity. Uh, today's $20 stack would be worth $94,795. So that's pretty cool. And hey, if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars, that's a dollar sat parity. Uh, and it's not a Satoshi parity, it would but one U.S. dollar be equal to uh, one Satoshi. Sorry, one Satoshi be equal to one U.S. cent, one U.S. penny. And if that happens, the twenty dollars that we stack today uh, would still be worth uh, nine hundred and forty-seven dollars, and that's a pretty big return for only for only uh, twenty dollars stack today. So, most importantly, that is going to bring our total stack up to five million three hundred three thousand one hundred and fifty-seven Satoshis. And it's going to drop our average prices, our average cost basis, our average purchase price down significantly as well. Not as much as it did when we were buying hella cheap at like, you know, $16,000. But still, it's knocking that average cost basis down $151.40. Uh, if you tally up all of January so far, it's lowered our average cost basis by $674.66. So our average cost basis is now $29,416.44. And as long as Bitcoin stays under 29,000, we're going to keep lowering that average cost basis. Uh, and it'll be almost a little heartbreaking when Bitcoin goes past 29,000. It'll be bittersweet because Bitcoin will be like 30,000 again and big, woohoo, Bitcoin's over 30,000. But it'll also mean that we'll be increasing our average cost basis. And right now it's neat to be lowering that average cost basis because we are underwater and it does always, you know, people are, people are biased. They're not, most people aren't on that Bitcoin standard yet. And they still look at their stack in terms of US dollars or in terms of euros or Canadian dollars or wherever you're listening uh, in terms of your local fiat. Until that time that you get on the Bitcoin standard, um, you know, it, it is more fun to see your stack in the green. And it will be if Bitcoin, if history repeats or even rhymes when we, when we hit that halving in a year and uh, go on the next bull run. So, uh, so that's cool. All right. Now on to the news. Some of the things, well, the first thing I was going to talk about was the, the price of Bitcoin, that it had popped, but it was $22,000 of Bitcoin. However, that's not the case anymore. The price of Bitcoin has been following the stock markets down this morning. The stocks are down across the board, uh, reportedly as more companies are reporting poor earnings. You know, they've been saying, hey, we're not in a recession. Companies are doing fantastic, right? Everybody's booming. And everybody knows that's BS, right? Because uh, you looked at all the retail the stores like Macy's and Lululemon and uh, all this, the companies that just reported their earnings that had a horrible Christmas season. Normally they make you know bulk of their profit over the Christmas season and people just didn't spend as much money this Christmas as they were anticipating. And so when you look at the value of a stock, one of the common metrics, again, not a stock show, but a little bit of context here, people look at the price to earning ratio, the P to E ratio, right? And that's the price compared to the company's earnings. And earnings, these PD ratio are backward looking, right? You report, they were, most of these companies are reporting quarterly. And so they're getting ready to report or just reported in the case of like Macy's, uh, the last three months worth of earnings. So 
we're just sliding or allegedly just getting ready to slide into a recession, depending on who you believe. And if that's the case, that means earnings are going to go down. So that price to earnings ratio is going to look a lot different when there is no earnings. Those earnings, if they decrease, all of a sudden, if the stock stays the same price, their PDE ratio gets a lot worse. And if that earnings goes to a loss, then there is no PDE ratio, and that changes the value of the stocks. So, so that's why uh, they say that the stock market is down this morning, uh, because the companies are reporting that they're not having they're not meeting earnings expectations. For example, uh, coming across the, the news feeder is Microsoft to cut 10,000 jobs. So Microsoft being the, the latest in a long stream of countries to announce huge layoffs. 10,000 people is a lot of people to lay off for an economy that's allegedly the best economy in 50 years, according to the White House. Anyway, the price had been around 21,650 earlier this morning, but again, a reminder it was only 18,204 last Wednesday. So, uh, regardless of what the price is doing today, the big question remains is the bottom in? If you remember, there were a lot of people in the Bitcoin sphere, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people on Reddit. Uh, some of them, many people would say the Bitcoin, the bottom, they were predicting the bottom was in last June. Obviously, that doesn't look like that was the case. And again, nobody has a crystal ball, but people have been making the bottom calls even before Bitcoin pumped. It, up to almost $22,000. And when it did, of course, the celebrations were, you know, people were getting euphoric. You could almost hear the champagne corks popping. Again, nobody has a crystal ball. Um, I think it's inevitable that we're either at the bottom or near the bottom because of the halving that's coming up. You know, the, the bottom will be, if it hasn't already happened, it will be no more than a year from now. Uh, maybe it'll be in a few months. Maybe maybe we'll drop really hard and then, then we'll start that climb back up to the next halving next spring. But Again, anything can happen. There, you know, the, the global recession is uh, looks like it's a sure thing, uh, and who knows how that affects Bitcoin? You know, it could be either good or bad for Bitcoin. We've seen Bitcoin be correlated as a risk asset, correlated with stocks, and Bitcoin go down when stocks and other assets go down. Uh, but in theory, you know, a, a recession should be good for Bitcoin because that's really its its uh, its use case, right? The store of value when fiats fail, when economies go in the toilet, that you know. The, uh, the digital gold narrative uh, comes into play. So it's, in theory, we could have a global recession. The world could go to hell in a handbasket and the price of Bitcoin could pump. Uh, whether that has to do with the halving or not, you know, obviously I think it's going to pump when the halving happens. It always has, but uh, it could pump just because, because of the potential recession. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not an economist. This is not financial advice, blah, blah, blah. But, but back to what I was talking about is that everybody and their brother were talking about the bottom. Whether or not they believed it was in or not, Ecoin Metrics posted a chart back on December seventh, uh, showing the first having cycle and the second having cycle, and where we are now, or where we were on December seventh. And it, uh, it it showed that the first having cycle took 411 days to bottom, and it bottomed with a 85% correction. The second having cycle took 364 days to bottom, so bottomed a lot faster with a minus 84% correction. At the time we posted that chart, it had been 365 days, and Bitcoin had corrected 77%. So uh, it sure looked it sure looked like you know things were starting to rhyme, like we were lining up for a potential bottom. As of right now, uh, looking at his chart, it's been 407 days. That means in just four days, it would be the longest uh, bear market in in Bitcoin history if we if we haven't hit a bottom. If we have hit a bottom, then it was right on the money. Again, it, none of this matters. In fact, when we 
if Bitcoin doesn't keep going down, if we haven't hit the if we have hit the bottom and we start rocketing back up to the all-time high, that's going to depress me because I don't have enough stats. Sats. I've got as many sats as I feel comfortable uh, in uh, feel comfortable purchasing and still being able to feed my family. Uh, but I would sure like to stack a lot more. I'm still going to stack that twenty dollars for DCA Wednesday every Wednesday. But as we just show, we just showed uh, we got fewer sats today than we did last Wednesday, and when Bitcoin doubles, we'll get half the number of sats today. So the longer Bitcoin stays on sale, the more sats we're getting. And that is all that matters to me. I think that's all that should matter to you. Again, you do you. This is not financial advice, but I'm going to, regardless of how many Satoshis I have, it always feels like I don't have enough. And uh, and so the longer Bitcoin stays down, if Bitcoin sets a new low, I mean, if the bottom isn't in and we go down to 10,000 or whatever, I'm, I'm I'm backing up that truck, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this chair. I'm gonna sell whatever I can sell to stack more sats because when Bitcoin does hit one million dollars, I want to have as many sats as possible uh, because I want I want to be I want to be uh, I want to front run the banksters. You know, if they're poo pooing on Bitcoin right now, uh, good, right? This is time for you and I to get in on Bitcoin. Time for the plebs to stack as many sats as they can because eventually. You know, the mask is going to come off. We're going to realize that, you know, Jamie Dimon is stacking or he's going to start stacking. And you need to be ahead of him because um, the old guard, the changing of the guard is going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to, it's going to, the world is going to look a lot different during hyper-Bitcoinization and you want to be a part of it. You want to be in that citadel with your stack of sats. Speaking of having and speaking of pundits, Plan B posted a poll on Sunday asking uh, if the bottom was in. Basically, it was, is this a bull trap? So he said, Bitcoin 20,700 is a bull trap, start of the new bull market, don't know, show results. And the winner of that poll was bull trap of 40%. Uh, the start of a new bull market only got 26.9% and don't know is 33.1%. So of course, if everybody agrees the bottom is in, it's not. The bottom is always in when you get, you know, they call it capitulation say that's it bitcoin's done for or bitcoin's just going to go it's going to crash the last having the last crypto winner the last bitcoin bear market you know bitcoin was down to three thousand and tone vase and other people are saying it's going to go to one guys uh, most people thought the bottom was not in and of course it was um, you know when people are euphoric is usually when bitcoin's overpriced and it's about to correct and when people are pessimistic when they're gloom and doom that tends to be when the bottom is in so who knows? Like I said, no crystal ball, but according to Plan B's poll, most people think that was a bull trap. And if we continue descending like today, maybe they're right. But in the long term, again, none of that's going to matter. But of course, Plan B has made multiple posts indicating they believe the bottom is in, despite the fact this poll would reflect that it, uh, the people don't agree with him, including just yesterday when he posted a graphic titled Wall Street Cheat Sheet, Psychology of the Market Cycle, with his commentary saying disbelief. Quote, this is a bull trap, unquote, meaning uh, that the, the, this is a bull trap sentiment is just disbelief. And it's common in the market psychology that uh, what, what I just said, that people don't realize that they're in a bear market until well after it's already started. And then they start getting euphoric and it's accepting the bear market. I'm sorry, the bull market. They start getting euphoric and saying things like 200K by conference day when the top is in and it's about ready to correct. So uh, market psychology is an interesting thing. People are usually wrong. I also saw the infamous rainbow chart raise its head with an update showing the price of Bitcoin back within the rainbow charts bands. Uh, and I know that people either love or hate the rainbow chart. That's kind of a blast from the past. And the rainbow chart fell out of favor even among the chart lovers. 
Um, but like I said, there was a lot of charts and a lot of posts out there indicating that perhaps the bottom is in. Finally, if you heard the conspiracy theory that Tucker Carlson spouted on Fox News the other day, uh, he thinks the reason why Bitcoin pumped from 18 to 22,000 was because of the recent FAA outage. If you remember, uh, was it the 11th, uh, just a week ago, the FAA's NOTAM system was down and that caused a ground stop where all flights not already in the air were basically grounded. That only lasted for like a half an hour before they started letting airplanes take off again, but it caused havoc. And uh, if you don't know what the NOTAM system is, NOTAM stands for Notices to Airmen. And what that is is messages about airports or hazards to pilots. Uh, for example, if a runway is closed or it has a displaced threshold, meaning like the first part of the runway is not usable because of construction or whatever the reason, uh, they, they issue a notice to airmen. If there's a new tower or a crane, a construction crane or something near an airport that won't show up on the pilot's charts, they'll issue a notice to airmen. So before you file a flight plan, uh, you check your NOTAMs, your NOTAMs. And, and uh, that was down. And that was a pretty big deal because those are safety hazards. That's directly related to flight safety. Anyway, Tucker's theory was that this was a hack, you know, ransomware type attack. The system was down because the FAA had been hacked. And that he said most um, most ransoms, most ransomware attacks are paid in Bitcoin, the ransom they request Bitcoin. And if the United States government had been buying hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin to get the FAA computers unransomed, unattacked, you know, to restore service, to pay off the ransom, uh, that could have caused the pump. And he, I don't think he actually gave any sources. Uh, Snopes has debunked that. Of course, Snopes is not very reliable anymore. It kind of became a political tool. But According to the uh, FAA and the White House and the Department of Transportation, the, the outage was officially blamed on, a, quote, a mistake, a mistake that occurred during routine scheduled systems maintenance. Apparently, somebody uploaded the wrong file or swapped out a file or just made an oops with a point and click. Uh, and that is why. But, you know, if, the, if, if, if Tucker's right and the government had to buy hundreds of millions of dollars of the Bitcoin, maybe that would have accounted for the price pump. But... Um, Hundreds of millions of dollars of the Bitcoin isn't as much as it used to be. So I think that just sounded kind of dubious. And of course, officially, that is not the case. So who knows? I, I tend not to believe that. Maybe maybe Tucker has some sources that he could, that he could back that up with. But um, I don't, I don't think, I think, I think we're due for a market correction. We're due, we're heading towards, like we're heading towards that having the, the next bull run is just a matter of time. So the other major thing that's going on, of course, is this weekend is Davos. Uh, if you don't know what Davos is, well, Davos is two things. Davos is a, it's an alpine resort town in Switzerland. It's also where the WEF holds their annual meeting, the World Economic Forum. Uh, this year, Davos 2023 is entitled Cooperation in a Fragmented World, with the subject being their intense worry over the end of neoliberalism, or the end of globalization, the evil statists, companies, companies, countries, People around the world not wanting to be part of the new world order, not wanting to follow a one world government. And they're, they don't like it. Uh, they've been building towards uh, the World Economic Forum has been pushing for, you know, um, globalism since World War II, basically. And of course, the other big news, and this might have more to do with Bitcoin's price action today than anything else, is the U.S. is once again facing a debt ceiling crisis. That's just fantastic. The United States is expected to run out of its ability to borrow tomorrow. And as you know, the United States spends trillions of dollars more than it has every year. They always do. And they can't do that if they don't have the authority to borrow. And that leads you to wonder why the French fried fish heads 
did the Democrats leave this hanging over the Republicans? Because this should have been taken care of last fall. The Republicans have only been in office for two freaking weeks. Uh, you know, they did it on purpose because, you know, why wouldn't you, right? If you if you've lost power and your enemies are coming into power, yeah. screw them. That's why, right? But um, that is a large that is a large portion of what's causing panic amongst the financial talking heads out there. Uh, that among, that more than anything else might have to do with why the stock markets tank today. Because if the government can't issue more debt, that means um, the price of bonds are going to go up, right? Deals are going to go down. I'm not a bond guy. I have to ask uh, Foss, Greg Foss about that, right? But long and the short of it is, uh, it's going to affect the, the bond market, and they, and that uh, is having a knock-on effects over other financial markets. All right. So while I've been yapping, uh, oh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I, I compared Bitcoin to the world's largest, the 10 largest companies by market capitalization, and someone posted on Reddit a chart of Bitcoin among the 12 most valuable S&P 500 companies. So kind of a similar concept with Bitcoin as a company. You know, Apple being number one with a market cap of 2.15 trillion. Saudi Aramco being the second largest company in the world at 1.88 trillion. Microsoft at 1.7. Alphabet at 1.18. Amazon at 0.9. Berkshire Hathaway at 0.69. Nice. ExxonMobil at 465 billion. Visa at 459 billion, Nvidia at 434 billion, JP Morgan Chase at 412 billion, and when this is posted, Bitcoin at 411 billion, tied with Tesla. Since then, obviously, uh, what did I say? The market cap went down like 403 billion. So Tesla would be number 11 now, 411 billion, and Bitcoin would be the 12th largest company in the world. And the reason I think that's important is because uh, people think Bitcoin is overpriced. They think $100,000 Bitcoin, million dollar Bitcoin, how can it get to that level? Well, people have bought enough Apple stock that they've got a $2.15 trillion market cap. If enough people purchase Bitcoin, that just equals the number of people that have invested in Apple shares. And that'd be a $2 trillion market capitalization. That'd be over $100,000 Bitcoin. And that doesn't even have to eclipse, you know, the sum of all these top 12 companies. Uh, it just has to surpass, you know, Apple, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, if Bitcoin does become a, uh, a global reserve currency one day, if there's hyper-Bitcoinization, uh, comparing Bitcoin to a company, is it's, it's going to be apples and oranges. It's, Bitcoin's going to be way out of Apple's league. So, uh, But even if Bitcoin only becomes equivalent to Apple in, in uh, market capitalization, the price of Bitcoin is going to, uh, the market, capitaliz uh, market capitalization of Bitcoin is like a 7x, uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. All right. One last look at the Bitcoin price because I want to see if we bought high or low. So while I've been yapping, oh, price of Bitcoin's recovered quite a bit. That was a sharp V. Bitcoin's currently ringing at twenty thousand nine hundred and forty-six U.S. dollars per Bitcoin. So that's nice. Glad we hurried up and bought. You know, normally I do my stack at the end of the show. I did it at the beginning of the show today. So if you followed along and you bought when we bought, uh, you bought the dip as long as Bitcoin doesn't crash again. Um, but if Bitcoin if Bitcoin continues, then that was a DCA stack and a dip. So that that's awesome. All right, before I go, I want to ask each of you to follow us on Twitter. Our podcast page on Twitter is uh, at BTC Bulletin Pod, at BTC Bulletin Pod. 
the more followers we get, and we don't have that many right now. So if you if you like and if you follow us on Twitter, that'd be much appreciated for multiple reasons. Uh, we're trying to build that following, but most importantly, the reason we want to build that following is that Twitter algorithm. The more followers we have, the more engagement we have, the more likely people are to see our posts, the more likely people are to get orange pilled. So by following us on Twitter, uh, you'll be helping orange pill your fellow man. But more importantly than that, I want to hear what you think. So uh, interact with us on Twitter, like some of our tweets, uh, comment on some of our tweets, or DM us and let us know what you think. What do you think about the podcast? If you don't use Twitter and you want to send us an email, you can always send us an email. My email address or the, the uh, podcast email address is bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com, bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. Of course, if you're listening to your favorite podcast in 2.0 app, you can send us a boostergram. You can send us your message that way. Help support us. And uh, again, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin podcast. I apologize because I said that I was going to try and get an episode in between um, between last Wednesday and this Wednesday, maybe a weekend update, and it, it just didn't happen. There were a lot of really exciting things going on. We had a couple of really cool rocket launches. Uh, there was a Falcon Heavy rocket that lifted off a couple of nights ago right after sunset. It was gorgeous. People could see it from all up and down the East Coast. I saw a video of it from as far away as North Carolina. I saw a photo of it taken from an airliner over Northern Virginia. It was just absolutely spectacular. This morning, we had a sunrise launch of a Falcon 9. They launched the latest GPS satellite. I think it was the sixth launch of the third-generation GPS satellites. It was GPS 3, SBO 6, something along those lines. It was nowhere near as pretty, and certainly nowhere near as impressive as a Falcon Heavy, because that's basically three Falcon 9 rockets strapped together. But I digress. There was a lot going on, and I didn't get a weekend update out. And I don't normally. I just was hoping I, I would. I wanted to, and I mentioned that I might, and I didn't. So if you're waiting for a weekend update, we didn't get it in. I'm sorry, but we will be here next Wednesday and every Wednesday for that DCA stack, where hopefully you're building your stack of Satoshis with us. So until then, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.